0: Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I'm going to share my screen shortly. Uh, As everyone's jumping in, let us know where you're calling in from. Let us know in the chat where you are calling in from. We're going to get started in just a moment. Uh, Super excited for today's show. This is, uh, yet again, another AI series. If you've been coming to these, you've probably been seeing my face a lot. Uh, but welcome back. Uh, I'm really excited about today's because uh, Tibo here had made a few really cool LinkedIn posts. Um, go to his LinkedIn, check them out about six different buying triggers that he uses for prospecting uh, and how to write relevant messaging around them. And so we're going to focus all about exactly what he talked about in those LinkedIn posts and give you guys really relevant examples of buying triggers you can find in your market and how to write relevant messaging. Uh, but as we're waiting for folks to jump in, let us know where you're calling in from in the chat. Uh, I'm in Detroit, Michigan. about where are you at again? I'm mean, in uh, Clermont-Leroux. So I guess no one knows what he, where it is. It's close to Montpellier. I guess n- not many people know where it is. It's just out of France. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. And as we're waiting for people to jump in, before we kind of get started with some of the housekeeping items, uh, I want to hear from you real quick, man. What is like your all-time favorite, you know, buying signal or buying trigger to go after when you're prospecting? Like you find it, you're really excited, and you, you, you feel like you have the highest chance of converting the meeting. So for me, it's whatever I can use something quantified.
1: So I'm going to share a framework like that later. But whenever there's, a, let's say, the number of, like, let's say I've opened position somewhere or people are saying that they try to go, you know, like they raise X amount of money when there's something quantified, typically it's a great trigger for me because I can uh, do a specific calculation the back of the napkin cap- calculation and it works really great. So that's typically what I love the most. What about you?
0: Um, I think it's anytime hiring because in the job description, you can always find so many good details that you can write really relevant messaging around. So I'd, I'd say, like, anytime people are hiring, that's always my favorite. Um, cool. We're going to jump right in. Again, if you're just joining us, let us know in the chat where you're calling in from. I see uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I see Phoenix, Arizona, Kansas City, Houston, LA. Welcome, everyone. A um, couple things real quick. When you're writing notes in the chat, make sure to change your settings to everyone and not just hosts and panelists. If you make it everyone, we will all see it. If you could host and panelists, only uh, myself and we will see it. Um, and then additionally, you'll see the Q&A section at the bottom of the Zoom bar. Please put all of your questions in the Q&A. That's where we are going to uh, be answering your questions at the end of today's call. If you put them in the chat, we might miss them. So please put all of your questions in the Q&A and put as many as you want in there because we're gonna be answering a lot. Uh, we also have a poll going up right now. Let us know who's in the room. I see uh, a lot of, I'm gonna end this poll actually and share the results. Uh, we've got a good amount of SDRs and BDRs, AEs, some managers, some sales leadership. So uh, pretty much to be expected, but welcome everybody. And uh, we're going to get right into it. So um, today's speakers, my name is Jed Marley. I'm the director of sales over at Mailshake. I'm here with Tiboy Service. He is the CEO and founder at Sales Lab. He's got a really good course, really good newsletter, awesome content. I've known about him for a while. You guys need to check out his LinkedIn. Um, just super tactical stuff. The guy gets wicked high reply rates on his cold emails. And he's going to talk to you exactly uh, about how he does that in today's show. Um, I want to say thank you to our partners, Apollo, Gong, One Shot and Win. Again, thank you, Apollo, Gong, One Shot and Win for making these shows possible. We have a free drop from Gong. Grab the link in the chat below. Um, they got a free goodie for you guys. So check out that link. Um, Gong's doing a bunch of new things. They've got, obviously, their sales engagement platform that just came out that utilizes a lot of AI. Um, so check that out. Go to the link. And um, yeah, so a couple other things before we jump in um uh sell better obviously we have a ton of content go to the youtube channel there's a bunch of free uh short form videos we've got the daily show every day and then if you scan that qr code and go to the website there's a bunch of free courses i actually just released one all about creating outbound sequences it's a 15 minute course completely free teaches you how to build an outbound sequence from scratch in under 15 minutes uh, so yeah check out that content and we're going to jump in today's agenda um so we're going to go over a few different things first we're going to talk about the importance of buying triggers in your prospecting why you should be using them, how they help you prospect more efficiently. Uh, next, we're gonna talk about six different buying triggers you can find with AI. And then lastly, we're gonna talk about how you can write relevant messaging based on those triggers to have, um, you know, higher reply rates and obviously convert more meetings. Tibo is the master at this stuff. So we're gonna start, I'm gonna uh, stop sharing my screen real quick. Um, so Tibo, I wanna ask you because I know about my experience, but I wanna hear from you. Why do you think, you know, finding buying triggers for your prospecting is so important and, and how has it helped you and how has it helped the people you've coached?
1: Yeah. So I think the, uh, I mean, first for maybe some people don't really, you know, have a clear idea of what a trigger is. So for me, it's uh, an information that's publicly available that shows someone may have a problem you can help solve or an interest in speaking with you. So that can, they can take so many shapes and forms. For example, if you go to one I use all, all the time, which is more of an inbound trigger, but when people visit my profile on LinkedIn and they fit with my ideal customer profile, for me that's a good trigger. It's just just if someone enters in a shop and you know you see they're starting just to browse different stuff, that's a good trigger. So there's different ways to approach that. But basically, you know, if we've all been to a shop at some or someone says, Hey, can I help? And like, no, no, just browsing. So it's really about knowing the trigger and knowing the right way. To actually go and start the conversation so that's an example of a trigger but for me uh, whenever you use more let's say account trigger or personal trigger meaning that there's people hiring or funding or layoffs or all this kind of information that you can find easily online uh, basically using that is a good way to show that one you've done your research so the aspect okay this person has done their research and second the way you're gonna you're gonna you know bring this trigger in the conversation will actually define you know, we we give the impression to the person to know if you know about their problems or not. So for example, if you are talking about hiring and you are saying, hey, I see you're hiring 50 position. How do you prevent X from happening when you're hiring X, uh, 50 position? The hiring manager will be, okay, this person, they have done their homework. They know I'm struggling with hiring agencies, uh, you know, with like uh, screening calls all day long. So maybe if they can help me go from 10 screening calls to two, that's a good problem that they, get. they can talk. So it's really The trigger is the base of your personalization. And if you use it right, you can do a lot of personalization at scale. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'll share my experience as well. I think I remember when I first started as an STR, my whole process was like, all I'm prospecting on is, is either like some personalization I found or just the core problems that our personas care about. And I felt like I was just bothering people. I was just sending emails and I was saying, hey, typically, you know, sales leaders deal with XYZ problems. Here's how we can help. I didn't feel relevant. I didn't feel like I was doing a very good job. And I kind of stumbled across, you know, how to find buying triggers by analyzing our inbound data and trying to look at the patterns of why people were coming inbound. And I started noticing, hey, the people that are coming inbound are folks that are, you know, scaling their sales team. They're new to the company, Um, you know, they had recent product launches. And so when I kind of realized that and started writing my emails based on these buying triggers, I felt like, hey, I'm actually reaching out for a reason and it felt more empowering. Uh, and then obviously like that's when I started seeing real results of being successful as an SDR, but, uh, let us know in the chat, put a one in the chat. If you're currently using buying triggers and you're prospecting and put a two in the chat, if this is brand new to you, which is totally fine. Everybody's at different, uh, you know, spots in their career. So let us know. We're going to jump right in. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Um, speaks to the six buying triggers that Thibault is going to walk us through today. So we've got hiring, funding, product launches, layoffs, acquisitions, leadership changes. And there's a whole lot more. There's a lot that are only specific to your company. And there's some like the ones we're talking about today that are pretty relevant to most companies. Um, So let's start with the first one. This is for going after people that you've identified are hiring. Um, So I want to first start by asking you, Thibault, and I'll let you walk through this. How do you go about finding companies that are uh, hiring in the department you sell to? So you can use different things. You can go very manually. And let's say you have a list
1: of accounts you want to go after. You're going to go and check... Uh, if they're hiring on their job portal for example but there's often tools that you can use so I'm thinking for example of Auler uh, I'm going to put a link also uh, because you know I think it's a pretty good tool for that so you have Auler that's pretty good where you're able to kind of find intent signals so you're able to know okay um, I've got some specific kind of uh, uh, you know hiring people are hiring for example you have other tools like Human Linker uh, so that's a pretty good tool also for using AI for these specifically finding some triggers but What I found is before even going into these tools and trying to scale how you find triggers is really focus on finding the trigger and thinking how you can integrate that into your message. So um, that's really, for example, in this framework here, uh, that's really what I want to show here because often you have companies that say, hey, congrats on your funding round, let's talk. And that's the issue when you actually use funding as as a trigger is everyone else is seeing it's very visual. People can see, okay, there's funding here. And often, they're just going to go and every... So people who actually got the funding, everyone's going to send them stuff because they want to talk to them and get a piece of that funding. So for me, you know, I use different tools, but often, you know, these tools are more to become more efficient and and stop wasting time looking for that. But first, you go, and what I that's why I recommend the message here. Uh, When you're hiring, I love using this very simple uh, trigger, teaser, call-to-action framework where you basically have your trigger, the teaser, which is the intriguing piece of information to solve a specific problem, and the CTA, which is your simple question to start a conversation. So example here would be, hey, John Doddy, she recently opened 25 plus sales reps roles for the rest of Q3. If you're interested, I've built a five-step checklist on deploying skill-based hiring instead of using resumes. Interested? That's just an example I would uh, I shared with my wife because she's selling like uh, working for Test Gorilla and they're doing this kind of skill-based test instead of using resumes. And that's a way you could actually get someone maybe interested or primed to actually go and have a conversation with you about skill-based hiring.
0: Yeah, I like this. Well, I think my favorite thing about this email is the fact that you're not really, you're kind of giving first, right? You're saying, hey, I have a five-step checklist. It doesn't really read like a sales email. doesn't yeah. read like you're trying to get them on a demo or anything. Um, I'm personally, we talked about this in a previous show, I think a week ago, about the idea of like having actual offers in your email. So not just like trying to go for a demo, but giving them something of value. Is this something you do often in your cold emails? Like, give up? Like in this case, it's a five-step checklist or some sort of offer beyond just like a demo. Yeah. So basically, you know, when you're doing outbound and, and
1: Jed, you're you're really you're really well known for outbound. Um, you, you know, no one wants to go into a meeting with you immediately. They're like, okay, I don't know this person. I don't know why they're reaching out to me. And let's say these for a connection request on LinkedIn or a you know message or an email would work really well because you are saying, okay. This is what I've identified. And I think, you know, there's potential problem you have here. So I can promote or help with something very specific. And here I'm just trying to get a reply and start the conversation. And what I found, it works extremely well to get replies, start conversations and share value upfront. And I, I call that the Netflix effect. So, uh, you know, this, I think, season five of Love is Blind that just got out. So we're watching it like crazy with my wife. And, you know, we, every time they, they, they release a new season, we just binge watch it because at the end, they always end up with cliffhangers. That's the same thing we're trying to do here. Say, hey, you have this problem. I have a solution for you, but you have to reply or keep watching to be able to actually see it. So that's what I do all the time.
0: Yeah, man. I I, and I love it. I think it's a big thing that we talk about at Mailshake as well as doing some sort of giving first. And to your point, yeah, especially if you're targeting director, VP, C-level, which you should, right? Because those are the people that have decision-making. Yeah. The calendars are so busy. They're putting out fires. Um, it, let's say you reach out to 100 prospects with, you know, your ask is like, do you want to jump on a call or like, do you want to learn more? Um, the only people that are going to respond are the ones that for the most part are already in the market for your solution. And so using something like this, where it's a, you kind of cast a wider net because you're not really pitching your software. You're not talking about like a demo. And so you're getting more people that maybe have some level of interest to respond, which you can then follow up with either by calling LinkedIn or another email to then get them on a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love this thing. This is great. Um, Cool. So let's move on to the next one, the next one here, uh, funding. And when you see that as a trigger, I think to your point earlier, this is the biggest one that people get wrong because it's so easy to see that and just think, oh, they have money. Like, let's see if they want to buy my software. But what's your approach to to going about uh, prospecting these folks? So yeah, when you got funding, that's, that's obviously a good trigger because, um, you know, people will
1: invest in new products or they will hire a lot more people, they will accelerate, or, you know, there's so many different things that are related to funding. And so the nature of funding can really help. There's often press release when there's funding. So you you get an idea of where they want to go. And so, uh, you know, it's something you can use to stand out because most people will be like, hey, congrats on your funding. Uh, You know, and often one thing I I would really uh, avoid is congratulating people on funding because first like, yeah, okay, that's great. But, you know, we know it's not super honest. It's just like, hey, congrats on getting money so I can grab a piece of that. So for me, it's more... Really, okay, so, so I saw your funding, and here, you know what I'm saying in this example, is like, Mary, so you closed the Series B funding, not that easy in 2023. So I'm trying to add some context to that uh, just to make it more personal and for people to know that I'm just not, uh, not like, uh, it's not an automated message. And here, really, what's really important is the question you're asking. So here, I introduce it this way, but here's a question for you. How do you prevent all this money from burning your team's finger and having to close another round in six months or less? Uh, Would it be a bad idea to upload a quick call so I can share my insights on how to extend your runway by a few months? So here you can have different variations. You could share a playbook on extending runways by a few months, or you know when you're doing funding. But what you see here is that I use what yeah, I use what we call some away language. So instead of saying you know how do you plan on growing these, I'm saying how do you prevent or how do you avoid yeah. all this from burning your team's fingers because that's what you see in funding. You know you you, you raise 10 millions. 6 months later there's just like half a million in the bank. So that's that's a really when we have cash as humans we tend to spend it like crazy. And so that's really like talking about this and I think that's a, a wording that works really well in 2023.
0: Yeah, I love this too cuz you're you're uh you're focusing on the negative impact, right? Which is something we hear a lot about in sales particularly when it gets to like discovery. Um but instead of focusing on like the positive impacts and like um you had the positive side of things you're you're kind of playing onto that sort of negative side of the emotion which can get people to act more and kind of take action um yeah i really like this i think to your point if you're doing uh prospecting based off of funding which is still a really good trigger to go after like a couple things to keep in mind everybody else is doing it this is probably the most popular one and don't open with congrats because uh as somebody who's been in that position when my company has raised funding and we all see like the congrats in that first sentence it's an instant delete that email yeah. so i like how you phrase it here like just Again, you're not being fake. You probably don't actually mean it when you say congrats, but what you're acknowledging is like, hey, it's not easy in 2023. Comes across as more human and more legitimate. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, this is just this is a good email. I like the framework. Thank you. All right. So number three here is uh is product launch. So talk us through this one, and uh, I'm also curious too if you have any ideas on like how you go about finding companies that 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 have you know a recent product launch. Yeah. So here product hunt that's a very good thing here a lot of people are launching newsletters
1: all kinds of things so uh, you can go and find a lot of stuff on product hunt uh, where you see people are launching products again you know if you use uh, outer they have a specific thing here where you're able to see okay um i can actually you can see some specific product launch um and here what i found you know we'll see the the, the next three frameworks but this this last framework is really one that is Focus on some kind of good business, positive things. So product launch here. And so for me here, uh, that's an example. I saw uh, a Gmini AI. Is, I think it's uh, it's an AI I invented. I don't know. Or I found it somewhere. Basically, trigger question, teaser call to action, which is a framework I always use. So you have your trigger, John. So you launched your new assistant, AI assistant, Gmini AI. How do you plan on getting it to market when everyone else is launching an AI assistant? If you're interested, I've built a seven-step playbook on launching a new product before it's even fully done on Product Hunt, interested. So here, you know, that's same thing I'm trying to do here is like use a trigger, um, asking a question to get them to think, okay, yeah, everyone else is launching AI stuff. Like now, now if you don't have an AI layer on something, you know, like you're really late, but everyone's doing AI. So whenever you see, oh, that's an AI powered uh, retirement house, you're like, come on. You know, they deploy the, the the resident to chat GPT or whatever. But yeah, it's just very, it's ridiculous when everyone else is launching. And here, it's again the same thing, the Netflix effect, where you want people to be interested in this specific playbook. And I can tell you myself, I'm uh, creating a lot of content, uh, you know, and and so whenever I find some very specific playbook about a problem I have for, so for example, I saw one playbook today was about uh, building a cold email course in the weekend. That was really adapted to me. That was really interesting. I put my email there. And so I became an inbound lead for, for this specific company. So I think really here, is about, you know, Josh Brown calls that, uh, I think, labeling. So you're labeling yeah. of everyone else is doing it. So how do you prevent, you know, just being uh, lost in the sea of same things?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You're showing them that you like, you understand the landscape in their business. And I think for people, so like, I love this, this teaser sentence, just like I loved it on the first one, uh, where you're offering something of value. And for people listening who are like, yeah, I want to include something like that in my emails, but I don't want to I'm not a content creator. I don't want to go and create an ebook or a course or whatever to give to people. Uh, I don't blame you. Like we all have jobs to do. And so one thing you can do that I highly recommend is whatever problem you solve for people, go find, like there's an infinite amount of lead magnets and resources, pre uh, guides online. Go find those, download download those, and then share them with your prospects, right? Yeah. So we do this at Mailshake, right? With email deliverability, we, we found email deliverability guides from HubSpot. We will download those. And we will say hey you know if it sounds interesting i I found a really cool like you know seven step guide from hubspot on how to improve your email deliverability do you want me to send it to you we're not creating the content it's called borrowing trust of a bigger provider which is hubspot and uh it's also showing that we're not biased and we're sharing something from somebody else so i I think going the route of creating your own is great you can definitely do that but if you're also listening to this like damn i don't want to do that another option is to borrow trust from other people and uh and use their content in your emails um because that well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Good stuff. So, uh, next one is number four layoffs, which is interesting because I initially saw this one. And I imagine most people aren't doing this because when you see layoffs, you're like, I don't know if we should go after this company. Doesn't sound like somebody's in the market for money, but this does actually indicate that there is pain and probably a lot more pain going on in the company than people yep. who are hiring because they've unfortunately had to lay people off. So, talk to us about this one and uh, your approach. Sure. I mean, uh, the the next three frameworks we're going to see are
1: really based on all this negative stuff, and I give you a very good example about why it's so interesting to do that. So I've got a, a leak in my home right now. So it's leaking in the in the roof, uh, not the the ceiling of my of my bedroom. And I can tell you, since I saw the leak, I'm just like I moved everything. I did everything in my in my in the power to find a plumber, do things quickly, and I was basically driven crazy to, to, to actually solve this problem. And that's really what's happening when people are going through negative stuff. They're way more moved by, uh you know, what we call away language, by you know, like reducing pain, and they're way more driven to do that than actually looking for pleasure or happiness. And that's why we typically wait for the last day before doing our our homework when we're at school and actually as uh, as professionals too. And so that's why that can be so interesting. And specifically layoffs, they happen for so many reasons, but often is because. The company is trying to be more, to show a path to profit, profitability or they're trying to extend their own way. So that's like a few options there. And so this framework here, which is also very similar to the ones we saw before, is uh, you're asking the question here. So Eric cares to know how you're planning on reaching your H2 goals with your reduction in force that your company went through. If you're interested, I can share a short seven-step playbook to help your A's go from farmers to hunters in less than 90 days. Interested? And the PS here, Is really where you're gonna go and add the trigger. So here, that's a personal trigger about golf. So let's say someone's sharing stuff about golf. You can hey, so you're into golf. What's the best part of your game? And again, here it's something you can ask if you know a bit about golf. So I started uh, doing this, and I know like when you play golf, like it's a terribly frustrating game. So uh, that's why people keep doing it. You know, if it was easy, we would all stop doing it. And so it's something that they will be okay. You know, uh, whenever you're playing golf, you're often obsessed about it and obsessed about specific parts of your game. So here, that's what I'm trying to do. Show that you know, there was something personal. And whenever you find a very personal trigger, like showing uh, playing golf or uh, hiking, you know, or a specific passion that has nothing to do with the business or with what you can help with, you can include it as a PS at the end. And so here, you know, we're trying to really use the layoff as a good excuse for starting a conversation.
0: Yeah. No, this is really good. And I was this is the one I was most interested to hear about. Um, because again, it's just... Most people aren't going to target companies with layoffs. And and I think this is a really good approach. I mean, it's a really good analogy of like the leak in your roof. My washer and dryer is broken. And so I experienced the same issue. So I don't run out of clothes to wear for the week. I have somebody coming later today. But to your point, yeah, when there's like a significant problem, nothing else matters. You're focused on solving that problem. And uh, I think if you're listening to this right now, even try this, I think it's worth giving it a try because most people probably aren't targeting those companies. And it's going to be a little bit less crowded in their inboxes. Yeah, Uh, I'm a big fan of using the P.S., Uh, I think uh, to your point, where a lot of people go wrong is they'll they'll lead with that. They'll say like, Eric, I saw you're into golf. What's the best part of your game? And then like you have to go through this weird mental gymnastics of trying to tie in golf to your value proposition. And I tried that for a while, man. And It's hard. Like when you're just finding random personalization and trying to find yeah, few ways to like tie it into your value prop, it's tough. It just doesn't work. And so I'm a big fan of that. Anytime I see somebody in Detroit, you know, this, I just like to call it out. I am also in Detroit, or if they like basketball or whatever. So I think it recognizes your email. It's a really easy way for people to see this and be like, hey, this isn't AI. This isn't automation. Somebody actually took the time to write this email. So yeah, if anyone else is using PSs in their emails, let us know in the chat. I think it's a a good hack. And um, Lavender also released data on this that like using a PS in your email increases reply rates by some certain percent. I can't statistic, but yeah, let us know if you guys are using PSs in your chat. A couple other examples on the topic of PSs. One that's worked really well for me is I'll say like, PS, I also connected on LinkedIn if you prefer to chat there. Um, so that's like another you know example of, of something you can do that's not necessarily related to the email copy.
1: Yeah, the PS is is really incredibly powerful and I don't know exactly why, but it's just that's the most, for me, that's the most important thing. So people, that's the last thing, that's the thing they focus on the most. They see this PS, it stands out in, in the email. So I think it's a really good thing to, uh, to include.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's just because it, it humanizes you. You know, it looks less like it was a, a robot writing the email, which is uh, the only goal when we're writing emails is get is showing we know. Them. Yeah. Uh, cool. So now we're on to framework five, which is acquisitions. Uh, I like this one a lot. I did this uh, a lot when I was in SDR uh, over at Pandadoc. Um, but yeah, talk to us about this one. How do you find companies that are doing acquisitions? Or are you just looking in company news? Uh, and yeah. Well, those- company news. You have a, a
1: newsletter called Fin SMEs. So they do like funding, acquisition, mergers, and everything. So this specifically is really related to acquisition. And I don't know if you've been to an acquisition yourself, I've been to uh, two acquisitions. And uh, every time I was like, oh, they were telling us all this is a great stuff, you know, it's gonna be amazing. And then you realize pretty much if you got acquired, it's because you're an underperforming business and people are coming to, you know, make it more efficient, which is gonna translate into you know, stuff that's not so cool. So acquisitions are amazing thing to actually go and start conversations with C-Level. You need to find you whether know, is it the acquired company or the one that's qu- acquiring. And often the company that is acquiring is the one you should target. And, uh, and here, you know, I love this one because, you know, it's quantified. So that's what I was saying. That's my favorite trigger. Whenever something is quantified, I use this framework. And so here, um, it's like, Mary so your buyer, your main competitor, smart move. We help CFOs identify which business units are less profitable. Resulting in savings of 3% of your branding costs on average. With a typical brand cost between 25 million to 40, 40 million euro dollar, this would mean saving from 750,000 to 1.2 million worth of chat. So this is extremely powerful because it goes from, hey, you know, uh, this is how we can help you, you know, make more profitable or reduce a specific cost. And then you translate that, so you take an assumption. And maybe, you know, if they are at 250 million and not 25, that's going to be even bigger. You know, they're going to be able to do the calculation themselves. But here, if you receive that, you know, that's something that's really interesting because it's quantified. And if I'm a CFO and I see I can save 1.2 million or even just a fraction of this, that's going to be interesting for me. So if it costs me like 120K a year and I save 1.2, I mean, that's a good deal. I'm taking it. So that's really what I'm trying to do. And here, it's a bit more aggressive. I'm not trying to share something. I'm just really asking for the chat. Yeah. And here I'm saying quickly, what I'm doing, what's the calculation, should we talk about?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good. I, I know some people are hesitant to use numbers in their emails. I think part of the issue is that, um, like a good example of this is there's so many lead generation agencies that'll reach out and say like, hey, if I can get you 10 extra meetings a week, would that be helpful? And it's like, of course it would be helpful. I just don't believe that your method is better than what I'm currently doing. And so like, if you, if you had like led with Hey, we can save you, you know, a million dollars or whatever. The CFO is probably going to laugh and delete the email. Right. But you led with like your process for doing that, uh, in that quick pitch line right here, I think a couple other things too, like you could even throw in social. Like if you're listening to this and you want to like recreate this email for yourself, throw in social proof of another recently acquired company that you helped, uh, to give them an example, um, and like the whole goal when we're trying to find buying triggers is to make a assumption or a hypothesis. On what problems they might be facing as a result of that trigger, and so um, like another way to word it would be like, hey, Sarah, you acquired your main competitor, smart move. Typically, when acquisitions happen, CFOs are focused on which business units are less profitable, et cetera. So uh, again, this is a really good email, and uh, I'm a big fan of that call to action worth the chat as well. I use that, I use that one quite a bit. Yeah, uh, and and you you said it really well. Is uh, is really you show
1: assumptions and and the way you 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 bring the assumption going to show he's gonna show the person that you've done your homework so here I don't know I mean I, I don't I don't really know much about CFOs and everything I just know that a CFO love always loves a good saving and so operating costs often extremely hard to kind of cut so you know that's just something I came up with but basically if you know some really concrete stuff people or metrics are working on that can really help and so that's really about and this all ties down to knowing your ICP and what problem they are solving so these are other things you can come up you know, like doesn't come out of thin air, it comes up from really understanding what's the problem and the metric your solution, what you're selling is uh, impacting.
0: Yeah. And and one one more thing to add on that too, if you're prospecting into enterprise or larger mid-market companies, which is typically where a lot of the acquisitions are happening, um, like they often have 10ks and, and, you know, company documents that you can read to get a better understanding of what those numbers are and even, and sound even more relevant. Um, so just another example of that. In fact, we did an AI show, I think like a week ago on how to quickly analyze 10 K's and pull out the relevant information. So if you go to sell better, you can see the recordings of that and kind of walk process if it's something you're interested in. Um, cool. So we got one more and then we're going to go through the Q and A. So quick reminder, um, drop all of your questions in the Q and A, cause we're about to get into that. Um, and let's jump into this last one real quick. So framework number six, leadership change. This is one of my favorites. Uh, first, I want to ask you, how do you go about finding it? I like to do it on Sales Navigator, when yeah. looking at leadership changes, but do you have any other method, or is that what you like to do as well? That's what I like to do as well, actually.
1: So um, often, you know, you can you can find about you can find leadership change whenever you're sending an email to a contact, and, you know, it's sending, hey, this person's not working there anymore. So yeah. that's a good sign to do that. But basically here, what I'm trying to do is to mention, uh, you know, what I was talking about, so where basically where the ball was dropped. So for example, here, Lizzie, last time we spoke with a person in your current position, they were trying to build an outbound playbook. I stumbled on a list of seven common mistakes when building an outbound playbook. Am I totally off or is it a relevant topic? If yes, just hit reply and I'll share the list with you. And so here, what I'm trying to do here is just like to, um, you know, make sure I sh- I've done some research. So here the trigger is really, you. someone actually is, as, as you know, you, you're new in this job, and very common mistake, and I'm sure you know about that. Jed is basically whenever you you start as a director of sales or sales development, you come up and you're like, okay, I'm gonna build a sales playbook, and then you just spend months doing this. Yeah. and then no one's actually reading it. So it's a, it's a, no one's using it, and just everyone has their own playbook. So it's a very common common thing here. And so here again, I'm trying to get people interested about that. And in the first few weeks of doing this you know people are not going to read your playbook and that's the problem. And you're like, okay, how am I going to create this kind of sales process or this sales culture? And receiving an email like that would really you know, tease the curiosity of someone trying to build the playbook.
0: Yeah, no, this is really good. I, I mean, uh, again, continuing with the theme of like adding some value first, I also really like your teaser at the end. If yes, just hit reply and I'll share the list with you. Makes it super easy for the prospect to respond. You probably get higher response rates because of that. A couple of things I want to add on leadership change and I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well as everybody in the chat. If you're prospecting a leadership change, do you wait for a certain amount of time to go by before you reach out to them? Or are you hitting them up right away? Like if it's their first or second week, my opinion is I actually like to reach out to them right away. And I know some people don't agree with that, but in my experience, I'll reach out right away and I'll put something in the messaging like, Hey, I'm sure you're super busy with onboarding so that you don't have time to take a meeting. But here's something I thought would be helpful. I'll follow back up in a month or two uh, to see if we can talk about this further. Half the time, they actually end up wanting to take a meeting. The other half of the time, you know, assuming they respond, of course, I can follow up with them later, um, but it's all about like being first in the door. I'd rather be early than late. And uh, we know that every other sales rep is hitting them up during that time. But I'm, I'm curious, your thoughts, do you give any thoughts to uh, as soon, like how soon you reach out when there's a leadership change? So I think what,
1: you, you know, I was not thinking about it like that, but yeah, I think what you're doing is a really good thing. So instead of saying, hey, let's have a meeting, you're saying, hey, you know, and you're showing that you know them. So what you're yep. saying is, you're probably super busy, uh, you know, so here's something for you. I'll reach out later. So no call to action, nothing. And often people will reply and be like, hey, you know, they, they, that's going to stand out from what others are doing. What I'm doing is often, you know, I see leadership change with people I already know. So prospects I've been working with. And so in that case, I immediately send something and say, hey, you know, I wait maybe for two weeks and say, hey, how's the new gig? And I found that it's one of the best ways to book a meeting with someone you know. As a new gig, and they're like, "Oh, it's great. We should talk in two weeks." And so that's that's a really good thing. But you know, for me, I was more at the school of waiting a bit. But with what you said, you know, I think that's that's something I'm going to try to do because I feel like it's just more proactive. And uh, uh, and a lot of people are asking for the meeting where you're providing value immediately. So I think that's great.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I have a friend actually, uh, Jordan Crawford, and he sells uh, jobs data. So he sells data for uh, open positions. So basically. if you want to go after the the buying trigger of um, looking for companies that are hiring, he has access to a ton of open positions, can give you details in the job description. And his whole approach to prospecting is super creative. I don't know if I would do it or if anybody else would, but what he does is he'll reach out to sales and marketing leaders uh, while they're in between jobs. So people that have open to work on their LinkedIn or people who aren't actively working for somewhere, but was just a sales or marketing leader somewhere else. And he'll say, hey, you know, I see you're on the market. Um, my jobs data, like we have access to a bunch of like VPs of marketing positions. I can share with you if you're curious. And so we provides that value and like helping them get a job. And then when they end up at their new company, he actually follows up with them. And then he's already built that trust and that connection to book a meeting. So it's a super long term play. And I don't know if it's relevant to everybody, but I just wanted to share that example because uh, it's a, it's a good example of like when you're doing outbound, you need to think outside the box and get creative and just and just do things that people aren't doing. And sometimes they won't work, sometimes they will, but that's just a good example of that. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, yeah, man. Well, cool. So six really good frameworks. I hope everybody took screenshots. If not, you will get a recording after this uh, with all the information. Um, But let's go through some of the Q&A here while we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, And feel free to drop more questions if you guys have some. So the first one is from Dan. He says, can you share some triggers for highly technical users, specifically in AI? I'm not sure... I don't know, what, what's on
1: that? So I mean, highly technical users, uh, maybe that would be so, so. So whenever you're reaching out, let's say to engineering or stuff like that. So uh, for me, if 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 I'm get answering this this question, if I'm getting this question right, so one thing is, whatever you you're going after professions where they are really technical or have a lot of knowledge, what I would say is, you need to find. Uh, it's going to be often harder to get triggers because often, you know, these people, let's say, I think the CISO or whatever, they're not super active online. So you would need to actually go and, and do a lot more research. And for me, it's really going into research, interviewing people to understand what is the problem? What is keeping a CISO actually awake at night? And often this stuff We don't even have a clue what it means, but it's really all these words and, and this wording and really be able to understand that. So that would be really what you have to do. And then, you know, in terms of triggers, you can use maybe the framework number four, where we talk about, you know, share the calculation you're doing. So I think that that's something where often people will be more active to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. I have a friend that sells to engineering folks, and what he does a lot is like rely on technographic data. So he sells the software for engineering people. And so he uses a tool called buildwith.com, where you can get information on what uh, technology people are using. And so like his prospecting is based off that, hey, I see you're using so-and-so technology and then talks about how his product compares. So that's another example. Technographic data is always really good. Um, Okay, so we have another one. Can you please give a trigger plus solution plus CTA for a company involved in selling market research for construction partners? So super specific. Just started a new job, hopefully, as well. Um, Yeah, I guess, Tibo, if you have any uh, feedback on, yes, selling market research, I don't know if you've coached anybody doing that. If not, it's all good. So, I mean... uh Badri, actually, what I would do is uh, I don't know much about uh,
1: the problems of uh, construction partners and and what market research solves for them. So I'm going to answer by asking you a question is, what is this problem or? So what are these people? So if you go into construction partners, you have the types of companies. What are the type of people, the job titles inside of this that you want to talk to? So maybe you have, let's say, a VP of something and then a manager or director. And then what are the specific problem that market intelligence well, market research will help solve. So I worked with uh, IDC. They do like market uh, research for, uh, I mean, specifically was for a boot camp about, uh, I don't remember exactly why. But yeah, basically being able to make decisions that is data driven is so something that's often very important. And so maybe for construction partners, that's the same. So I can't really build the message right there, but that's how I would do that.
0: Interesting. Uh, we've got a good one from Jafar here. Do you automate any of these triggers? And if so, how do you do it? So personally, I don't really
1: automate anything. The reason I'm doing this is not that uh, I'm against automation. It's more that I want to show everyone who's following me that you don't need to have all the automation tools to be successful. You can need that if you want to go and build like a SDR as a service agency or if you want to go and book like 50 meetings every month in your job. Uh, But personally, I don't really automate much. I just love the good old like, old-fashioned manual uh, research for triggers, but if I was to actually go and automate, I'd be able to kind of go find some triggers about profile views or people who liked a specific post, extract these people, and then I could use that. So I'm not a huge automation guy, but there's this tool to do that.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I do do some automation, but my opinion is if you aren't hitting your numbers without automation, don't expect automation to fix your problems. Yeah, because the whole point of automation is, oh, you found something that works manually. So you've found a manual way to research companies that are doing layoffs, write an email, get a response, get a meeting. You found a manual method. Once you have that down and it's a repeatable process, then you start plugging in tools to automate it. And that's just, and I think sometimes people are like, stuck on that first step, it's not working, and they skip three steps and go to automation and it doesn't work, and I've I've been there and I still make that mistake all the time. Um, But yeah, in terms of like light automation, you can set up like sales navigator alerts for different triggers. It's like, you can set up a safe search and say, hey, show me anytime somebody in my ICP changes jobs or is hiring or something like that, uh, and then give me a notification. Um, so that's like a really light example. And there's, there's tools we've talked about. Clay is really good for that, some of that automation. Um, so yeah, really good one. Okay, we've got a bunch of questions in here. Um, next one is, and I'm really curious about this too. What method is used to find companies with layouts?
1: So again, here, uh, the tool that I shared was uh, Owler, that was really good for this. So basically, what you can do is you, you let's say, you have a list of accounts, so you can, you can check the link that is in the chat. Um, you have like a list of accounts that you can follow. And based on this, there's like a bunch of figures you can decide to follow. And so Layoffs is one of them. And what it's going to do is just going to go and look for, you know, like scrape the data, uh, I don't know exactly how they're doing this, but they got like around 50 data on 50 million companies. That's pretty good and you're able to see okay what you know what companies has been doing some layoffs. Another thing would be layoffs.fyi. So let me just find get you the website. Here you have all the tech layoffs. It's a tech layoff tracker and they have a table where you can go and check okay who has been you know laid off in which area and everything. And so that would be a good thing. So you have lucid software, for example. They just laid the 75,000, 70, no, 75 people yesterday. And so here you could go find out the people, you know, just get some bit of research and reach out to them. And the source here is a blog post from the company here. So layoffs.fyi is also good, a good way to do that.
0: That's a really good resource. I didn't even know that was a site. That's awesome. Um, uh, we got another question from an anonymous attendee. How would you suggest segueing from a buying trigger to asking for a meeting? asking for the awkward people of the world. So I feel you. I have some thoughts on that, but what, what do you think, Tua? So I, I
1: think the, uh, the you know, like, we, asking the meeting is something when, you know, if you remember the framework number four that I shared, I say, okay, this is what we do. Uh, we did the calculation worth a chat. So for me, I, I found that the way you ask for the meeting is, is a really good thing. So uh, I remember when I was uh, at, well, it was a while ago when I was using Tinder, it was really a long time ago. I was really bad at asking for a meeting because I was saying, "How oh, you know, do you think we should meet? Whatever, it never worked. So I found something like worth a chat or opposed to having a chat or opposed to discussing that is a really good way to do that. So something really sharp, precise. And often if you can put something negative, so opposed to, that works often really well because people would be like, you know, it's just a, a bit of a pattern interrupt from how people ask for meetings typically.
0: Nice. Um, cool. So we've got another one. Uh, okay. So Irfan has two questions. We'll try to answer both of them. Uh, they have a uh, a new client development agency and they're not getting any leads. So far, I only have one client and the issue is I'm not getting any clients at all. Any advice? Second question is uh, when sending emails to clients, should I offer discounts or not? So Irfan, one thing I would recommend you do is um, Tibo has a really good newsletter where he talks about a lot of this stuff. Uh, and I think it'd be great. And, and if you want to drop that in the chat, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and just up on LinkedIn, because I know this is A bit of an open-ended question, but any just initial thoughts or advice for them to to kind of give them, push them in the right direction? So I'd say
1: if you are sending emails with discounts or offers, uh, you're going way too fast. So the goal of a meeting or of of an email is to get a reply. And once you get a reply, you wanna navigate this conversation to actually see if a meeting makes sense for you and the person you're trying to reach out to. So that's what I would do. So first, I would say, make sure you differentiate booking meetings and actually, going and closing business—that's two very different things. And so, it's really very important to understand when you're doing outbound prospecting, you are trying to get people to reply. That's the first goal of outbound prospecting, and then see if it makes sense to talk with them. So that's what I would do. Uh, so I mean, there's there's plenty of things, plenty of variables we can cover in here. So I don't think I can really answer that right away. But uh, you know, we can check the the the, the newsletter or LinkedIn. I, and also, don't don't forget to follow Jed because he has a lot of good stuff about that.
0: Yeah, appreciate that. Let's do um let's do one more question. But first, real quick, Tibo, before people jump off, um, anything else you want to share with them? Check out his newsletter, guys. You just put the link in the chat. But anything else, your LinkedIn or anything else you want to share with the audience before we jump off? So I got the basically a, a,
1: an AI course, like basically says how you can use AI and thanks for dropping in. So you got a twenty percent discount on that. Where I show people how they can build a prospecting system and integrate AI and namely chat GPT to find prospects, uh, find their problems, uh, build sequence, build messages. And so all the frameworks we shared in there, how you teach these frameworks to an AI and how it gets that for your specific problem. So you can go and check it out. If it's too early and you say, okay, that I don't want to spend money, just go on the newsletter, which uh, was shared already. And that's that's good things to actually go in uh,
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out, everyone. Um, we're just about at time, so we're gonna wrap this up. And j- just to kind of recap again, we went through six different buying triggers that are pretty common to most companies. And I saw some questions in the chat around how can you find triggers for my specific company. I would suggest, please like reach out to me or tip out on LinkedIn. We can offer further advice or check out uh, the newsletter as well. Um, but again, six different buying triggers you can look out for, how to write messaging, how to find those buying triggers. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you all tomorrow for the next Sell Better Daily Show. And I uh, hope you have a good rest of your day. See you later. Yeah. Thank
1: you so much. Thanks, Jay, for having me. Yeah, of course. Anytime.